Hello! I am Matt Williamson. This is the Locked On NFL Podcast. Getting over my cold. I did hours of uh, on-the-air stuff yesterday, and throat's a little irritated, but I think I'll survive. Play through it. Um, it's Twitter Thursday on a Friday. You know how that goes. We uh, arrange the schedule. We're going to do a Twitter at least once a week. Um, let's just dig right in, man. Uh my man Brian Sobe asks, Falcons offense out of sync this year. Sark is staying on. Is that a problem or will things improve next year? Well, I think it's never going to reach 2016. I mean, that's a historically great offense that rarely punted, that was unbelievable on third down, that rarely turned the ball over. Their offensive line faced zero injuries that year. And they had a better play caller. You know, I mean, there's no way around it. I think I think Sark got better. I thought Ryan had a really good year. I would lo- The thing I don't understand about Sark is, and you saw it work so well a year ago, and why isn't the head coach stepping in more and saying, you got to use Freeman and Coleman more and more in the passing game. You know, like, they really got away from that. I look at the Falcons and think they have a pretty stacked roster, and I think that they're they're going to look to get a defensive tackle, even if they would resign Don Terry Poe. But I really think guard is their biggest need. And I know no one talks about these things, but when they lost DeMarco, I thought that hurt them a lot too. I expect them to take whoever the best fullback in this draft is or in free agency. And will Sark use them the same way Shanny did? Probably not. But I thought that was missed as well. That the usage of their backs to me would be my number one complaint, including fullback, um, from Sark. And I still think this will be an upper tier offense. I think the guard position needs to improve and I think it will um but this is a loaded roster man I mean I think this is a good team uh, yeah I mean I think it gets better to answer your question so at Williamson NFL asks if you are the the Jets what do you add to your early first round pick to get Tyrod Taylor and both the both the Bills' first-round picks and then draft Lamar Jackson. Wow. At Williamson NFL is a pretty smart dude. That's an interesting question. There's a lot of layers to that. You know what? He's pretty good-looking, too. <laughs> and witty. Man, he seems like a good guy. We should all follow him. Um, obviously, I threw that out on Twitter, and a bunch of you responded. Eric Kirkenbaum was the most interesting one that I respond that I saw. He said, Muhammad Wilkerson. Muhammad Wilkerson's probably going to get cut. And defensive tackle is absolutely a need for the Bills. And, I mean, I, I don't know why this is... I have, I'm so excited about this. I, I mean, part of it is... Okay, I'm the Jets. I'm not super excited about picking... Fifth, well, first of all, I'm not signing Kirk Cousins. Sorry. Your roster's terrible. I mean, it's really bad. You throw Cousins on that roster, and yeah, you would add some other things, and maybe you draft, you know, Quentin Nelson or something with your first pick. And yeah, all those things would be wonderful. Barkley, somebody like that, or Shub, who knows. That's great. But I feel like this should be an offseason more about quantity than 
one guy or quality. You know, that let's trade back. I would love to get those two 20, 21, whatever they are, those early 20 Bills picks. And I've been told that the Bills might be very aggressive to try to get up early in this draft to get their quarterback, you know, get the, the, the true guy. I don't agree with that either for the Bills, but I've been told that they are into that. Uh, I think the Bills roster is not good enough to do that either. But anyway, I don't think Tyrod's coming back. So th- that looks like a huge piece to the puzzle. Like, well, why would they give up Tyrod Taylor? Well, I don't think, I, I think that's getting him off the books. And that's kind of a way that Wilkerson would be. But the Jets could use Taylor, then target Lamar Jackson, build their offense around an athletic-style quarterback, and use the rest of their cap room and remaining picks to fill many, many other needs, which are uh, many, obviously. And the Bills, again, I think they should play it cool, too. Like, I'm not—I don't look at them and say, well, they made the playoffs— go up to the top five draft, whoever they is they love, Baker Mayfield, whomever, and all's well, you got everything fixed because I don't see it that way for them. I think they should be a slow the roll back a little bit too. But the difference is the Bills have a ton of picks in the next couple rounds too. So maybe they could still get away with it and play both sides better than the Jets could, where the Jets, I think, really should be a trade-down candidate even if he brought McCown back for a year, I, I thought he played pretty well last year. So I think that's an interesting scenario. And I know it's within division and that turns people off. Nobody ever makes trades within division. But it's a match. And I don't think you'd look at it like, oh my God, we gave Tyrod Taylor to the Jets. We're, we're doomed for years to play against them. It's not like Garoppolo. You know, it's, it's not like, uh, yeah, I mean, like Belichick was not trading Garoppolo to the Jets. You know, he's not going to play against him for the 10 years. You know, Tyrod's not in that level. Woody Myers asked me, how crazy would it be for the Browns to take two quarterbacks in this draft, work for Washington, RG3 Cousins, um, maybe even with both their first rounders? And I've seen that thrown out there. You know, that if you take Mayfield and Darnold, or whoever, Allen, you know, Rosen, whomever, it probably could get two there. I mean, you, you could. It's named four guys. You could get two in the top four. I'm not in on that, though. I mean, I understand that you could look at it from this perspective. The argument is one of those guys has to hit, right? I mean, we fought this this insane quarterback problem for so long. One of these two's got to hit, right? I mean, right? I mean, right? Come on, please. Okay, and then you trade the other. For less than you bought him at, probably, unless he looks unbelievable. And I understand that. But that's difficult for practice reasons and for rep reasons, especially during the year. You know, I mean, to get those guys to... It's hard enough to develop one. To develop two, it's almost like a parent that, you know, you just heard you got, you're having quintuplets or something. Like, how do I pay all the attention to these guys? It's not like having twins. Um, I still think the Browns, and I will be, I think their, their approach should be very easy, really. I mean, you have Kaiser and you have Kessler, and if you do what I say, I think you entertain offers for Kaiser, and I think he'd love to get out of there, especially the way that they tried to deal with him last year. But anyway, those three really aren't inconsequential, or not really consequential for the argument. I absolutely don't think you can go into this draft without a veteran. 
And the two names that to me are really jumping up, well, Cousins is one. If you get Cousins, then all bets are off with drafting a guy. You, you gave the guy $30 million, you made him the highest paid guy in the league. You, you add Cousins, and then the first pick you take Barkley, the next one you take Nelson or Minka or whoever. I mean, you just flood Cousins with studs around him to grow with. Fine. I mean, I think that's an okay approach. It's not the one I would lean to. I would rather add a a veteran, and I'll give you a name or two here in a minute. And then first overall, you take your favorite quarterback in the draft, assuming you love one. And I know the Browns passed on Wentz and Watson, but it's not the same. It's not the same men making the decision. And then at four, I think you take Barkley. So now that A.J. McCarron is a free agent... That's the obvious one to me. You know, that they all they apparently tried to trade for him. Hughes enamored with the guy. It's not like that should stop you from taking a first overall pick. Yeah, you'll probably overpay McCarron. Probably pay him more than the Bears paid Glennon a year ago. But he's familiar with them. He's been in the league. And you're hoping that he turns into the best backup in the league and you have a Hall of Fame stud, Andrew Luck, Carson Wentz in front of him. But if you miss on your rookie or you don't want to play him for a year or two, McCarron's your guy. I mean, and he's handing it to Barkley and Joe Thomas is back. And, you know, you're still surrounding these guys with a wealth of draft picks as well as $100 million worth of cap space to spend around them too. So I think you go after McCarron. And the other name I like there is Foles, that... If you offered the the Eagles that second first round pick, like the fourth pick or whatever it is in the second round, if I'm the Eagles, I say yes to that. And I don't even love Foles. I'm more of a seller on Foles than a buyer. But he would fit that mold too, where he's not going to prohibit for me to go get another guy, where Cousins would, if you spend him $30 million on Cousins. And I really like Barkley with the fourth pick, if you can get him. Um, if not, I would take Minka, who's a good player too. So I, any other philosophy other than that, I'm not really on board with. It's either Cousins and all in and draft like crazy around them or another vet, then take your quarterback at one and go from there. And I think that's a pretty good remedy. Um, is the fr- Joe Gear asks, is the franchise tag for A-Rob a no-brainer for the Jags given that they're unlikely... They're like the, uh, given that they're likely to lose Lee and Hearns. Hearns will probably be a cap casualty. For you who don't know, Hearns will probably be a cap casualty. Um, Lee and A-Rob's contracts are up. Westbrook looks good. Cole looks good. But I don't think you can afford to lose all three of those veterans. So, I was told by a good source, pre-injury, that A-Rob was, they were planning on franchising him this year and before he got hurt. Now I think you look at it and say, yeah, I think you still do. You know that remember the quote good year Bortles had a couple years ago where you had him on your fantasy team and you loved them. Well, I thought Allen Robinson bailed him out a ton that year. And if you look at Allen Robinson with Christian Hackenberg, remember the, the good year Hackenberg had at Penn state, Allen Robinson bailed him out a ton. Is the franchise tag a little too pricey for A-Rob? Yeah, and the Jags don't have the money they usually do. But I don't think you can afford to lose them. I think you tag them and try to sign him long-term. Him and Westbrook would complement each other well, as would Cole. Um, maybe use a first-round pick on a tight end 
or guard, but I, I think those are the two positions you would then target. Um, unfortunately, I think you're kind of stuck with Bortles. I know some people have mixed feelings on that, but I do think you have to bring in another quarterback of some sort of note there. Um, but if I'm the Jags, I think priority number one this offseason is let's not let A-Rob get out of the building because there's a lot of teams that have a lot of money, Cleveland, San Francisco, Chicago, that would be salivating, I think, to get him. All right, last question. What do you think Tampa does in the draft? Um, let's talk about their offense. Martin's going to be gone. They're going to need a running back, but I would think you'd be pretty happy with Hyde, Crowell, McKinnon. Sims is also going to be is also a free agent, so they're going to have to add a running back of note. Barber's not a bad player, but I would look at it like let's add one of those free agents I mentioned and use a second or third round pick on a running back. Receivers, tight ends are all great. Um. I'd love to move on from Smith, the left tackle, but maybe you give him another year. I would like to see Marpet go back to guard, and maybe you'd get involved with a guy like Jensen in free agency, or it's a pretty good center draft. Maybe your second-round pick is a guard center type. But mostly we got to concentrate on defense and pass defense. I mean, their pass rush was maybe the worst in the league. I mean, I think they had the fewest sacks. Noah Spence comes back, and I still have a lot of hope for him. And they have good they have some good players. I mean, McCoy, they're never going to get a lot of pass rush out of their linebackers, but that's fine. That's what they're they're not designed to do that. They're going to have to get it from a front four and really need another guy in a bad way. Could they get involved with a guy like Ansa? Maybe. I mean, I could see that for sure. Um, to me... They're in a little bit of draft no man's land. You know, can you trade up a handful of spots or move back a handful of spots? That might be the answer when it's all said and done. And here's why. Because outside of Chubb, Bradley Chubb of NC State, I don't see a pass rusher worthy of that high of a pick. I mean, I've seen people put Davenport there. I'm like, I I can't get involved with that. That's too early. That's just taking one to take one. That to me, there's a big gap. And I really do not think Chubb is there. So if they had the first pick overall, I think I would take Chubb. I mean, like, I think that's probably the highest guy on my board if I'm the Bucks. But he's not going to be there. Um, Brent Grimes is also a free agent. He's been a pretty good player. I try to bring him back, too. I don't think safeties and linebackers are a problem. But they do need another corner for sure. What about Minka? Most, I mean, Minka's kind of like a souped-up, bigger version of of a honey badger type. I think he could be a corner. I know he can be a nickel, slave, safety, do it all. But they don't really need safeties. You know, like if they look at him and say, we don't really want him lining up, you know, opposite Funchess, Michael Thomas, Julio in press coverage or even zone or whatever, snap after snap. That's not really what he does best. And don't have a great plan for him. You could see why they wouldn't be, you know, a good match. I also think that's kind of where the trade down comes in, is maybe you could move down three or four spots and get the your favorite pure corner. And all the guys we just talked about the other day, I mean, that would be beneficial, especially if you had already signed Ansa by chance. So in a way, they're a really interesting team in this draft. I mean, if Quentin Nelson was sitting there and you didn't 
signed Jensen or a center and you kept Marpet at guard, that, that offense could be an absolute powerhouse. But I almost feel like they're one of these teams that that would, all those things would be great, you know, if Barkley fe- fell to him. Yeah, that's wonderful. But I don't know that you can ignore the pass defense with your first round pick unless you made monster strides in the in the in free agency, which I, I don't know if they will. I mean, Ansa would be a huge pick, don't get me wrong, and then maybe take the best corner available, like I said, a trade down. Kind of like that, but overpay I, mean, I think Ansa is gonna get very much overpaid. So the Bucks are really interesting. They have a there's a handful of things they really need, and I'm not sure the best way yet to go about getting them. But I don't think I would be really aggressive in the running back situation. I'd love to have an, add another interior offensive lineman. Both those I think would be free agency. But you can't ignore pa- I mean you can't ignore the pass offense. I mean that's the number one problem here, and the draft doesn't set up wonderfully to help your cover men and pass rushers. All right, that's a wrap for today. Good talking to you. See you later.